But the way the decision happened was through, no, 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 you're smart, you're doing well, you have to suffer this path, which because this is what people similar to you have done, where had you listened to yourself, perhaps you would have, maybe your video store, you would have been looking for leads and you would have ended up in the same place. Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome back to the Love Your 9 to 5 show, the show where we meet with business owners, entrepreneurs, and all sorts of professionals who have struggled with something that was not in line with who they are as an individual and have made the shift or help others make the shift to work that is better aligned with who they truly are. Today, I am excited to bring on uh, our guest for today is Frank Agin. Frank is a professional networking expert, is an avid connector of great people, an entrepreneur, speaker, and author, and a podcast host. So Frank, welcome to the Love Your 9 to 5 show. Thank you, Shmuel. I really appreciate uh, you having me on. This is great. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule um, to be with us today. So, Frank, I always want to start with the ugly, and then we get to where you are today. So tell us, let's jump straight into it. Like we spoke before, we're trying to keep this to 20 minutes. Yep. So if you can tell us, where was the most um, extreme, dramatic um, way that it played out where you realized that what you were doing is not in sync with who you are. Okay. Uh, was there such a moment? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it, uh, there's a story there and, and I think we're all, we all have a, a journey, but, uh, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I'm not from here, but I moved here 30 some years ago to go to law school. I got a law degree and an MBA from Ohio state. Um, didn't really plan on staying and, but got a job in public accounting as a tax consultant. And I tell people that I, uh, I hated every minute of it. I mean, the job was good. The pay was good. The benefit was good. I wasn't in love with the tax code, being in the tax code day in and day out. And um, but I, you know, I stuck it out. And, you know, there's a there's a point in your life where you're like, well, maybe maybe work is supposed to be hard. Maybe it's supposed to be miserable, but it shouldn't be that miserable. Um, So after five and a half years, which will tell you I'm slow, but not stupid, I decided I was going to leave. And, you know, the best, you know, once you've done something for a while, you're kind of pigeonholed. And so I had recruiters calling me, but they wanted me to take other tax jobs. And I didn't want to be a tax Mm -hmm. guy. So after five and a half years, I left and decided I wanted to get into private practice as my next best step. And I tell people a funny thing happened when I went into private practice. And the funny thing was that nothing happened. I had no idea how to get clients. Um, I was, I was that, that guy at chamber events that was making a mockery of himself. Uh, trying to pitch myself. Anyhow, I had lunch one day day with a friend who I went to law school with, and I asked her, I said, what do I need to do to be successful? Been going at this for about four weeks and had a few clients and really hadn't figured it out. And she said, well, you need to get into a tips club, a leads organization. I had no idea what she was talking about, but through a couple introductions, I was headed into an organization that helped people get networked help people get referrals. They met every week and they learned about each other and they developed relationships uh, and helped each other. And and immediately it resonated with me that I could advance myself by 
helping the people sitting around the table. I help them. They're going to help me in return. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's human nature. It's as old as time. And uh, I didn't think twice. I joined the organization. I got very involved. I uh, happened to be, I got, got so involved. I was on a national advisory board. I happened to be on the phone with the founder um, when she took a call for the guy who was in the Columbus area running Columbus and he was quitting. Uh, mm-hmm. I was literally in the right place at the right time. I enjoyed the practice of law, but when she told me that she was going to be looking for franchisees, I jumped at the opportunity. So I, I became her first franchisee. And then about six years later, um, I bought out. She was looking to, uh, she was looking to, I would say downsize to, she's retirement age. She was just looking to retire. Um, so I bought out and rebranded it as Amspirit Business Connections. And we, we help entrepreneur sales reps and professionals become more successful through a weekly meeting program where they get together and they learn about each other and exchange referrals. So. Wow. Well, okay. So that's quite a complete journey. So the, just, um, you answered, you know, both questions together. So the point that was the difficult moment was when you realized, I don't know what it is with attorneys. You're not the first attorney to come on the show yeah. and say how they went to law school and they were pushed in for whatever reason. And it was a terrible fit. And, um, so, but basically what pushed you to go to law school initially? <clears throat> That's it's an interesting story. I went to college. I went to a little liberal arts college in, in Wisconsin, Beloit College. I went there to play football. I didn't even visit. I just I went to play football. I wanted to play football. I did really well in school. It was it's a, it's a great liberal arts school. I did really well in school because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get kicked off the football team. I didn't okay. know that not everybody studied every night. And Friday night I was in the library. Um, and I did really well. And at one point, this was probably the beginning of my junior year. And I just figured everybody was doing well. I didn't know. Um, I just knew I was playing football in my junior year. They said, well, what are you going to do? And, um, I said, you know, I want to, this is the early eighties. I want to go back to my hometown, little hometown in Michigan and open a video store. thought that would be neat. And they're like, well, you can't do that. You've got these great grades, your Phi Beta Kappa. You ought to look at maybe going on to, you know, graduate school or professional school law school sounded neat there were a couple guys in my fraternity were looking to go to law school and uh, that's what kind of led me to law school so I think you know why are attorneys unhappy Uh, law school takes very very diverse very smart intelligent people and it pigeonholes them into doing something so very very narrow and well that is very well said that is very, very well said because yeah. that is so true. And um, you speak to an attorney, you got a parking ticket. Oh, I'll call my buddy, the attorney. No, no, no. I just do right. this very specific copyright as it relates to the footer of a website that was made in, in this year. Right. And like, that's my thing. Yeah. And I know everything about that, but yeah. I can't help you with this. But I have a buddy who does that. Yeah. Um, it's just not rewarding. That is, that is, <laughs> Right, unless unless you find the area of law that's that's uh, you know really the perfect fit for you. But one thing, let's go back to this point: the way people make the decision how to spend the the their productive years of their life many times happens similar to what you just said: is that they went to college for whatever reason, they were doing the system, and they had a more a, a natural idea probably of what they wanted to do. But the way the decision happened 
was through, no, 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 you're smart, you're doing well, you have to suffer this path yeah. because this is what people similar to you have done. Yeah. Where had you listened to yourself, perhaps you would have, maybe your video store, you would have been looking for leads and you would have ended up in the same place. Could of be. Course, of course, you may have ended up somewhere completely different also. You know, we, can't, we can't speculate on the past. And I'm sure there's all sorts of um, extremely valuable skills that you've learned through taking the path that you did. But this is something that frustrates me. And uh, at every opportunity that, that I have to share it, I do. Uh, and that is when people are making that early decision, whether it's, you know, when they're in high school, when they're in, you know, the early years of their, of their college years, or even when they begin graduate school, they start thinking of how to apply their skills in their life. What is the real plan? What are the real factors? You know, money is not going to work for very long, no. even if the money is good. You know, speak to a lot of attorneys that they'll work crazy hours and do crazy stuff, making, you know, spectacular salaries that only last for a certain amount of time. So that's amazing. And, and, um, but you had the opportunity to jump or you had the, the open-mindedness or maybe the desperation to jump at the opportunity um, for, this, for this business that you're doing right now. So again, tell us again, what is it exactly that this business does? Um, and where is it at professionally? And more specifically, what are the areas that you would love to grow this even further? Yeah. What we do, it's, uh, it's a for-profit membership-based organization. It's almost like a for-profit chamber. People mm -hmm. join and they belong to a particular chapter. That chapter meets every week at the same time with the same people. And it's made up of people who are in non-competing categories. So as an attorney, I was in a group and there were no other attorneys. <clears throat> and when people would come to me, clients would come to me and say, hey, Frank, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to start my own business. Okay, great. We need to do this, this, and this. Do you have an accountant? Because you're going to need an accountant. You know, I haven't gotten that far. I really don't know anybody. Um, I've got somebody I can refer you to. And I would refer them to the accountant I knew in the group because I would know, get to know that accountant really well. And that accountant would do a great job for me in representing my client. Um, and so that's what we do. People pay dues to belong to the organization. Uh, where I'm really you know, where is it at? Um, I have a, a pretty big footprint in Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Akron, Canton, Pittsburgh. I've got groups down in, in Dallas, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm, I'm looking to add franchisees to our team. And it's a unique franchise opportunity in a couple respects. One, it's relatively inexpensive. At this point, it's only $10,000 to own a franchise. But the other thing that's unique about it is that it's designed for somebody to add on to what they're already doing. All my franchisees do something else for a couple hours in the morning, a few days a week. They are being Amspirit people. But from like nine o'clock on, they are attorneys, they're accountants, they're financial advisors, there's realtors, they're coaches, they're consultants. Um, and the two dovetail really nicely with one another. So. Mm -hmm. And. Why? So if let's say I'm someone, I'm a small business owner and I currently, um, I have a business and obviously I'm looking for leads and I'm already working with, with a local chamber that's doing this and maybe I'm not paying anything for it. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to choose this paid model versus whatever's available, whatever community resources are already available? 
Well, I'm the first to admit we're not the only game in town. We have competitors that do exactly what we do. Um, but I tell people that my biggest competition is people doing nothing at all. What we find is valuable with respect to us compared to the chamber or just doing it on your own is you're meeting with the same people every week. And everybody is getting there, is there for the purpose of helping one another find referrals. That may not be happening with the chamber. You might be getting together, there may be activities, but you might be there with competitors. You might not have the opportunity to really kind of share what you're about at that chamber meeting. Um, you know, I, I always tell people, you don't need to be an AM spirit to be successful, but you do need to network. Um, but the nice thing about AM spirit is, is that, I mean, the group I was in was 20 some people. There was nowhere else I could go for an hour on a Thursday morning and interact in that way with 20 people. I could, I could meet with 20 people throughout the week, but it would be 20 different cups of coffee, 20 different lunches, with 20 different gatherings. Here, it's one meeting. I'm getting to get my message out. And the people sitting around the table are essentially my sales force. Now, does it work that every week is, you know, someone else's chance to present or is it open forum? How does it work? Uh, there is a structured format to it. And we do, members do take turns giving presentations to the rest of the group. And if you have someone in the group, let's say the accountant is a lousy accountant, mm -hmm. you're still going to recommend them? Um, you know what? Uh, no. Uh, um, but, you know, but generally, generally this is what happens is, is that people, the groups, the, the members in the group invite other people in. So like the accountant in my group was somebody that I happened to work with downtown. I knew him. I liked him. I trusted him. I vouched for him. But we do have it happen from time to time where somebody is, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're they're not performing, that, you know, from a technical level or reliability, one or the other. Um, and generally, what ends up happening is uh, it's social Darwinism. People just stop giving them referrals, and you know, they get the message. But by and large, uh, people really service the referrals they get because they don't want to let their fellow members down. Right. I mean, I guess everybody's invested and everybody wants to get their money's worth and everyone's there for the same uh, clear purpose. So that definitely um, that definitely helps the success of the overall organization. Making this personal a little bit yep. um, is, you know, I, 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 we spoke already how you made this uh, dramatic shift in your professional trajectory to doing what you're doing right now. Is there any way that you can you could have clearly identified based on who you are before you are a professional, in other words, from your youth, um, that this is something that you were always a connector or is someone who valued connections. Um, is, it, is there any way that you see this as a natural expression of, of who you are? Because we know you said the story of how you got here yeah. and how you were in the right place at the right time. Um, but if it was a completely different type of business, would you have made it work or do you feel like you've arrived? I, I feel like I have arrived. I remember as a kid just kind of being in tune to wanting to help other people. Um, I remember in kindergarten having a Superman costume and I was in morning kindergarten and my brother was in first grade and, you know, putting my Superman costume and rescuing the girls as they were walking home from the other first grade, from the first grade boys. Um, 
you know, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, even, <laughs> even when I was in my professional life, when I was with the accounting firm, I did a very good job of connecting my clients to other services in the firm. I would go and I would sit with the client and I would say, you know what, we need to get our specialist in here who can help you with government grants. Doesn't have anything to do with taxes, but I just heard what you said and you're expanding and you're going to be adding jobs. The state has money for those programs. I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that there's a resource within the firm. Let me connect you with them. And it's, you know, so I did do a lot of that. Okay. But no, perfect. Now, if there's someone, let's speak directly to a business owner who is an entrepreneur who is similar to where you were when you left your, uh, the law firm that you were a part of and they're struggling with the leads and they know that the power of, of a network to go and feed those leads up to them. Other besides for joining your organization or another similar organization, what would you say is the number two thing that they should be doing to increase the to increase their leads through the people that they may already know. Well, I, I mean, there's a two part answer to that. Um, the first thing I would I tell people is find ways to help other people. We as humans are hardwired to help those who are helping us. So if you're out there and not interested in a group like mine or one of our competitors, stop and look at the people that you know and that you would like to be getting referrals from and find ways to help them in a real way not giving them discounts on your services or anything like that, but finding ways that you can get them information, you can connect them to people, you can get them referrals, you can give them opportunities to speak, write articles, you know, like their stuff on, on social media. That's, that's my number one thing. One, that's 1A. One, one B is volunteer. Find something you're passionate about and volunteer in the community because nothing will raise your level of exposure. Nothing will demonstrate that you are somebody who really cares, um, like doing something like that. Those are the wow. two things. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, it's key to do exactly what you said is to do it for real. Because the, if you do it, if you go and start helping the people that you really want to be helped by in a, you know, in a disingenuous way, it obviously will backfire. And, uh, you know, we, we can all see through it. Yeah. And if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't want someone else to do that for you, don't do it for them. Well, the the question we ask people from time to time is, do you give to get, or do you get to give? And the answer is, you get to give, and it's just it's just got to come from the heart. And you're trying to help people, and you just have to trust that it comes back to you. You can't keep score. You just, I'm going to do something for you because I like you, and and it's it's helping you, but it's helping my client or helping somebody else. Um, I just Amazing. trust. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Have, have you read The Go-Giver by Bob Berg? Yes. He was he, uh, he was the 100th episode on my podcast. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So I didn't, hit, I didn't hit my 100th episode yet, but he was also on my podcast as well. Yeah. And, awesome. Um, we got to him after reading his book and reached out to him and eventually came on the podcast. It was a wonderful opportunity, but this is obviously, this is the go-giver method right here. Frank, you've been an amazing guest. I really appreciate it. Um, we're keeping it under the 20-minute mark. Just in parting before we end this episode, where would you, uh, is there a URL or where can they find, where can the listeners find you on the web if they want to continue the conversation with you? Uh, two ways, two reliable ways of getting a hold of me. I have a website out there, personal website, Frank Agin, F-R-A-N-K-A-G-I-N.com. Um, you can collect, connect to my email through there. Uh, the other way to do it would be just find me on LinkedIn. 
uh, and message me on there, and I'll you know I'll quickly get it to email because that's more reliable way of communicating. But uh, um, but those are two ways of getting a hold of me. Okay, would you say that's a good way to network with people in general? Go go to LinkedIn and then get their email and take it off LinkedIn. Uh, well, LinkedIn is a great it's a great vehicle. Uh, and I've written a whole book on the strategies for, for LinkedIn. Uh, it's a great vehicle to connect with people. But what I always tell people is how you conduct yourself on LinkedIn should mirror what you do in the real world. So it's not about pitching people. It's just about making connections and seeing how you can help them. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Frank. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording this episode. Please head on over to iTunes and leave us a great review so you can let others know about this wonderful Love Your 9 to 5 show. Make sure to once you there to subscribe and ensure that you never miss another episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show again. Head on over to iTunes, leave us a wonderful review, letting the world know to listen to the Love Your 9 to 5 show and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you so much for listening, for allowing me to come through on your earbuds and looking forward to bringing you more awesome content in the very near future.